Hello, you guys, and welcome to the Daily Slay Show, where we come together to slay your life. I'm Jamie King, aka The Slay Coach, and I am a mom of three with anxiety and ADHD who's built a multi-seven-figure business without a college degree. I'm here to slay in the trenches with you. I'm not here to fix you. I'm here to help you fix yourself. Now, I am on a mission to document progress, not perfection, and to share the messy in between in hopes to help you make your mess your message. Now, I can't promise that every day will be a win, but I can promise that the only way for you to lose is to quit. So if you can commit to yourself, I promise to commit to you here. Let's do this and let's slay 2023. Hello, Slay fam. I am super excited about this episode. This is one of my fave past year students amazing human beings. Tatiana Kuto is a empowerment coach and breathwork facilitator and the founder of Radiant Living and Radiant Relationships. And she has just launched her new flagship program, Radiant Relationships, on the grounds of, I think, kind of this viral movement that happened through your TikTok following <laughs> Yes, about telling the story about your relationship with your now fiance. That is such a cool story that I want you to tell. But I am so excited to have you here. Can you just introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about how you got into doing the work that you're doing now and why you kind of left corporate America as an engineer um, to become the founder that you are today? Yeah, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So oh, backstory. Yeah, I, I got my degree in industrial engineering and I was working in corporate America in the food industry for two and a half years. And most of my life, I really struggled with fitting into societal norms. And I'm a very bold person. And I was put on like Adderall and medication to kind of numb me for who I really was. And so I was living life out of alignment, struggling with people pleasing. And my main struggle was my health, the relationship with my body and with food. And so when I was in corporate, I began to finally heal and release weight once and for all instead of this binge eating and when I did that in a healthy way, I actually felt like a passion inside of me for the first time that I've ever experienced. And I would just be so in love researching and learning. And I found, okay, I don't feel this way in my corporate job. I'm actually crying to work every day and dreading everything. And so that was kind of a big eye opener of like, what am I doing here? Life shouldn't be this miserable. At that time, yeah. I was struggling with depression and anxiety. And I'm like, I'm 20. Two, 23 years old, like, why am I this miserable? Yeah. So one day I decided to quit my job. I signed a lease for Florida the next day. And a month later, I packed my bags with my sister and I moved to Florida and decided to start my health coaching business, which was amazing, but also took a lot longer than I expected. I learned a lot of lessons. Um, and then in 2020 is when I made the shift into doing the coaching I did right now, kind of feeling similar misaligned feelings with the health coaching. I just wasn't as passionate about it as I used to be. And the work I was doing was this deeper mindset manifestation healing work. And when I pivoted there, I just felt so happy and so aligned. And it's kind of brought me to where I'm at now. It's been a little, that's a like summed up that's, version. Can we talk about this? Can we back up for a second and talk about the risk that you took? Because let me get this straight. You are a 20, early 20 something recent college grad with, I'm assuming as an engineer, 
some pretty expensive student loans. <laughs> yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, I would, and that's, I feel like it's one of those careers where you like commit to it early on. You're like, I'm going to be an engineer. Like, yes. like you were probably in high school when you decided that, right? Actually, no, I, w- I was in college. That was me listening to other people's opinions and expectations and yeah. falling into the pressure. I'm going to listen to what everyone tells me is a successful career. Exactly. And then you graduate. Where'd you graduate from? Where'd you go to UMass, school? UMass Amherst. Okay. And so you graduate from there and I'm sure it's time to pay the student loans. <laughs> yeah. And then you get the corporate job, right? Mm-hmm. Living at home to pay off the student loans. And then you're like, I'm going to quit and move to Florida. Exactly. <laughs> mom and dad are probably like, what did mom and dad think about this? They were like, what are you doing? They thought I was crazy. My mom was a little bit more supportive because she was the person I would call on my way to work crying. She mm-hmm. was the person I was living with. So she, she literally saw how like miserable I was. Um, but as parents for their child to just throw away a career that is proven to, you know, make a lot of money to then start a quote unquote business online, which was like, wasn't normal to do that yet. They were petrified yet supportive at the same time, yet doubting. So it was, it was a mix. (laughs) That's hilarious. And I I was in the trenches with you back then too. And people are like, what do you do on the internet? They didn't. I feel like everyone understands online business now because like the creator world has blown up so much. Yeah. But before when influencers used to kind of be this like niche weird word that people like made fun of. And now people see that it's like, oh, this is like an actual career. And not that we're like influencers, but we are creators and content creators and we're thought leaders. And when you share your thoughts in a way to drive change or help others and share your knowledge and information. It's like you're taking your own career path into your own hands and also getting to help people along the way. So can you tell me a little bit about, can we talk about the story about your relationship? Because Radiant Relationship has now been, correct me if I'm wrong, the biggest launch that you've ever had. Yeah most students you've ever had in a program. And when I have clients or friends that have one of those moments, you're like, wow, it works. Like this was the thing. It's usually because it's connected to something really personal for them. So can you talk about your story and your relationship and your breakup and your reconnection (laughs) and all the things that went viral on TikTok? Yeah. So my fiance and I had met in college So he saw me go through every stage that I've been through since then. And we, so I moved, we were dating when I decided to move to Florida. So I like left him physically. We were doing long distance. So thank you for being patient with me. Um, We did go through one breakup because the long distance was really hard on top of the stresses of a business, but it was just like a, I don't know, a couple weeks thing. But back in 2021, uh, he moved down to Florida he got quarantined when COVID happened. So he realized I want to move down here with you. We were in a two, two better, uh, two, two apartment with my sister all quarantined. So I didn't have any space for myself. And in the beginning of 2021, um, a lot of my baggage came up, a lot of unhealed wounds from my past relationships, from my past 
in general came up a lot of my traumas and I was shutting down and I was, I didn't have the space to move through it, even though I was already in this mindset work that this is what opened me up to deeper healing work. And so in July, I moved to Costa Rica for a month to just get some space and heal. And when I came back, I didn't even make it into the house yet. We broke up. Like it just, I couldn't do it. I needed more space to heal. And we have, we literally thought we were officially over. I moved out of the house, got my own apartment. It was the rockiest roller coaster I've ever experienced. And um, I actually happened to start my breathwork facilitator program the week I moved into my apartment. And that like healed me in so many beautiful ways. And with that healing came a realization of this is my person. I I had this moment one day where I woke up in the middle of a dream. I felt like I was in a spiritual warfare, like attack. And I just was panicking and I just started praying like, what is going on? And I just got this vision of walking to him down the aisle, which I never felt before. Never told him I wanted to marry him. And so I realized, oh shit, I made a mistake. I learned all these lessons. I want to get back together. And so I shared that with him. And this is what kind of went viral on TikTok was sharing our, we broke up. We did no contact. I reached back out. I had to learn to give him space to decide if he wanted to give us a second chance. And when he did weeks later, we slowly began to date again and we rekindled the relationship. We pretty much, our relationship crumbled to the ground and our new one, we are two completely different human beings. We created a whole new relationship, created a strong foundation and we just got engaged this January. So that's a a whirlwind of a story, but it's been a rocky roller coaster, but so worth it. It's my favorite. It's my favorite, favorite, favorite. So if there's a listener listening who's maybe struggling with either the relationship they're in now, their relationship is struggling. What would you give advice to someone who isn't sure if they should stay or they should go or how to begin the process of repairing a relationship that's broken? Yeah. So I think the decision of like staying and leaving a relationship, I think a really big factor that people need to think about is, is this relationship healthy? So for us, like it was healthy, but there was things we could improve on, which was my fear of commitment, my unhealed wounds from my past and um, lack of communication. But I think people are normalizing sometimes toxic behaviors such as, you know, avoidant or ignoring or these anxious attachment styles and if there is emotional, physical, mental abuse, like it's really coming to the terms that you don't deserve that and that you need to walk away. And I think people are attached to the past versions of their partner and the relationship, or they're attaching to the potential, but they're not taking a moment to look at what is presently going on here. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I would say is really look at what is what's happening right now. Are you happy? And then if you're not, what are the reasons? So is it, things that can be improved on or not. And I think everything can be, not everything. If two people are fully committed into working on it, they can. And I think if your relationship is struggling right now, the best thing you can do is learn to communicate and like over communicate because your partner can't read your mind. They can't make assumptions. It doesn't matter if you've been together for 10 years. I used to say, well, he should know me by now. He should know what I need. No, you're putting so much pressure and expectations on your partner 
What if you learn to communicate and drop your ego so that you can build that bond again? And for us, it was learning how to communicate better, learning our love languages, which was huge because we all speak different languages to begin with. And on top of that, different love languages. And just because you're showing them love doesn't mean it's in a way that they receive it. And so I think if you want to repair your relationship or make it stronger, because it is healthy, but there's some tool, like there's some things that can be worked on. It's communicating where you're at, how you're feeling, understanding your love languages and taking a look within you. Why are each of you behaving the way you are and taking radical responsibility to do your own healing work? Because if it's past baggage from past relationships or your childhood, you can't bring that into a relationship. It's not your partner's job to heal you. It's your own. And I would say those are the main starting factors. If I could give advice in someone trying to yes. work on their relationships. What, I think what I like what you said about the beginning part is understanding that when a relationship is repairable and when it's time to walk away, yeah. abuse is never okay. Um, and, and I think a lot of women, I know myself included, having, you know, lived through an abusive relationship, I looked at abuse and assumed that abuse meant punching me. Like, well, he's not Mm. punching me. So I'm not being abused. And we have this stigma, but, but there are so many different facets to abuse. And it's not always, it's not always the women. Sometimes it's the the women being the abuser and not, you know, the receiving end of it. And looking at abuse what I've heard so many women say in relationships is they think that, oh, well, this is the best I can get. Yeah, settling. What do you think for a single woman that thinks she'll never find love or a woman who's afraid to leave the relationship she knows she should leave because she thinks, oh, well, this is the best I could get? What would you say to that woman? I would say, why are you allowing fear to rule your decisions? Because Your thoughts and words don't describe your reality. They create it. So if you're allowing fear and you're saying, I'm not going to get any better, then that's what's going to be a reality. But like, what if you chose faith instead? I think so. Mm -hmm. Like our minds are wired, right? For survival and to think worst case scenario, but like faith and fear are the same thing. They're a choice and it's something you're focusing on. And so I think choosing to focus and believe someone is out there for me, whether you're single or you're scared to leave a relationship, you're going to be able to have that, uh, having that faith in yourself and kind of declaring to, to the universe, like, this is what I'm calling it. And this is what, these are my standards. But if you're not willing to believe in that, it's not going to be your reality, or at least it's not going to be an easy path to it. And I was like terrified to leave this relationship at the, at that time, I think I was 20 turning 27 And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be single. I'm going to have to start all over. And I had so much fear, but I couldn't stay in a relationship that I was, was not health happy in just because I was scared. I wasn't going to meet someone else. Cause then I was going to be miserable my entire life. Did that cross your mind? Like staying because of, is that a thought that you were like, oh, well, what if I don't find love somewhere else? Yeah, a little, I think I was. Yeah, in the beginning, like the few months, but then after Costa Rica, I did a lot of deep healing, and I was like, I feel like I it's a common this. thread of why people stay in not uh, not like toxic relationships, but like relationships that are just kind of blah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like not there's nothing really wrong, or there's nothing like dramatic or going on. It's just kind of like you're yeah. you're having those feelings, of like maybe this isn't the one. 
And they say it because they think like, oh, how can someone maybe build evidence or proof that they're either good enough to find someone better or that there are better people in existence out there? Like, how does one even build that belief or faith? Yeah, I think it's building that self-love and worth within yourself first and finding proof. Like, I think the reason why my TikTok blew up was because our relationship is proof that you can make it work if two people are fully committed. And maybe if those are listening are like, because I, I used to be like, I don't know if he's the one because that whole like saying, when you know, you know, I didn't know. And I needed to feel what it felt like to not be with him to realize, oh shit, like I actually want yeah. to live with you. Not, I can't, but I feel yeah. like, I feel like in this day and age, people struggle putting effort into things. They want that instant gratification. And I think some relations maybe aren't meant to be, but there are some relationships that you need to just put intentional effort in. How many times are we just zombieing, going through life, work, kids, scrolling through social media, but you're not giving your relationship the attention and time it requires? It's like you should be nurturing it like a child. That's what we did. And I think if we were able to promote more of that knowledge of how to actually create healthy relationships, what it takes to, more people would be able to stay in the healthy relationship they're in versus settling, thinking they're not going to find anything better, but also not making the changes in their current relationship to be thriving. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think also what you said, or this, something you said reminded me of like, I think people get past like the honeymoon phase or the new exciting phase in relationships or the new like butterflies wear off. You've been living together for a year or two. And then it's like, okay, is this the one? And and they, I, th- I think people's nervous systems get so used to the highs and lows yeah, that they don't know or, or haven't experienced love that isn't dramatic yes. or love that is, Like Dustin and I, I know when we did the love languages thing, that was huge for our relationship because early on we hadn't done that work yet. We were young. I mean, we've been together for what year is this? It's 13 years last week. So, um, it's, we had like our 13 year date anniversary this past week and it's like, Oh wow. 13 years with the same person. And I'm still obsessed with him and I still love him. But is it the fiery like notebook romance drama like no it's it's not in the beginning it was a little bit of like are we gonna make it are we gonna like get married are we gonna be together are we gonna like do the things and we were trying to figure each other out still and I figured out that like his love language is acts of service and mine was like words of affirmation and gifts and he doesn't word at all (laughs) he's a doer he's a doer and I say the words are not him that's my thing his are the actions he's the doer we balance each other out very well but there was a disconnect for so long because I had been used to relationships previously where I was being loved bombed Mm. and then also a hole punched in the wall next to me (laughs) later and so I was used to this like toxic relationship And I didn't know what it was like to just have a normal love and to just have like a healthy relationship. And so I would almost create drama sometimes and get mad about things that weren't really like 
a big deal to get mad at. Now, granted, he needed to learn my love language. I needed to learn his. But I look back on some of the things that we used to fight about, and they are not the things that we fight about at all now. So, like, can you talk a little bit about normalizing normal relationships? Yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like on social media, you see, like, the highs and the lows, but reality is somewhere here in the middle. Yeah, I think that... The thing is, like, I was like brainwashed with that too, with the love stories, the notebook, the fairy tale, Disney thing. And like, that's what tripped me up. I thought I was going to have this massive moment, like, this person's my person. And I think when the best love is when there's more of a neutral, comfort, safe love versus such highs and lows. Cause such highs and lows is there's either baggage or unhealed stuff or toxic lust, yeah. even. And it's more of, I like, I remember someone said it when we were getting back together, she was in a relation, in her marriage. Like, I wish I knew this. Like, I would rather marry my best friend than the person that like has the best passionate sex. She's like, because like, you're, this is your ride or die. And like Mm -hmm. having a friendship and a bond and just like a normal relationship, that's what it's about. That's what real love is. And Mm -hmm. I do believe you can have that honeymoon phase. I mean, I've known him since 2013. We've been together for a while. Granted, we broke up, but like we've been back together now a year and a half. And like, like you, like I'm more obsessed with him than I ever have been before. And I think that is because I've been able to be like, no, it's okay to not have every day be like, take me on a date. And, and all this like love story. It's like, no, like you're going to have my back and you speak my love language and I can be my true authentic self to you. And that safety, that safety of being like, we're weird. We're so goofy. I don't show parts of myself to anybody else the way I show with him. And I think having a relationship and a friendship and a bond like that, that's true love versus this fairy tale fireworks that we all witness online or in the movies. Yeah. And, and I think like, I still get those butterfly moments with my husband all the time, but it is not like what it was pre-kids. We don't have the space in our yeah. lives at this phase of my life where we're raising young kids and building companies, we don't have the space to be as romantic or involved. We ha- we can have weekly date nights and plan and schedule intentional time together, but we don't have space for the spontaneous, let's go to Nashville this weekend and like be romantic. And like, that's not our life for anymore. Yeah. And if I were to just hold on to like the newness of a relationship, I would have never stayed in any relationship long-term. And so like I've married my best friend and I know that's what you are about to do. And, and that's why I love your story so much is Dustin and I didn't break up, but we had moments where we almost did multiple times. And it was really because we hadn't found this work yet either. And we started doing the work together and he was open to it. And what can you say last final relationship tip to someone whose partner maybe doesn't understand either the the traditional therapy route or maybe doesn't understand thought work or love languages or is it thinks this shit's weird or doesn't even know what it is. Like, what would you say to someone who wants to get their partner on board with doing this mindfulness work and intentionality in their relationship together? Yeah, Mm -hmm. this is actually what, where I was at with him, which is, you know, it didn't lead to the breakup was like not that fully open-mindedness but it's lead by example, inspire versus force. 
Like I used to force him, like, let's read this book. Let's do this meditation. Like do all these things I'm doing the way I'm doing it instead of leading by example and letting him come. (laughs) Yeah. And letting him to do it on his own. And so what I tell my clients is that when you get the vision of the relationship you desire, detach from the person, be like, okay, this is what I want my partner and I to have the love, the communication. And then who must you become to have that, right? Like the version of you who has that relationship, how does she or he show up, right? And what you do is how can you embody that now? How do you speak to them? How do you love them? How do you communicate? What are, how do you treat yourself? And what's going to happen is two things. They're either going to rise up with you because you're inspiring them, you're leading them, and then you match, you know, at a new at a new level and that's where you guys are in it together or they don't and they're going to anchor you down. And what's going to happen is eventually you're going to realize I'm not going to put up with someone who doesn't want to grow with me because as relationships, we're constantly growing and evolving. And eventually it probably will lead to a breakup or a separation, which sucks. But at the end of the day, if you're holding that vision, that frequency of this is the relationship I desire, what I deserve, eventually you're going to meet someone at that level. Right. But, and you'll, you'll get it. But at the end of the day, you can't force someone to do things and you need to lead by example, communicate. I want to, I would love to have this you know, communication, this love and realizing they're still their own person. So walk the walk, don't talk the talk and have faith that if it is meant to be, you guys will be able to overcome this triumph, hopefully not have to separate, but we broke up and we got back together. Sometimes you have to do it, but just leading by example, I think is the best thing you can do. Well, and you said something that I actually did um, in the beginning of Dustin and I's relationship when we were struggling, it was probably the first year of living together. Cause I feel like there's like bumps in the road when you're like trying to figure out living together and who's on first and who does what in the house and different living styles. And yeah, I remember being up, Dustin would get upset with me and he needed to work on clear, clearer communication, but he would get upset with me um, about things. And I would get upset with him about things and we would just bicker and like fight over the stupidest shit that didn't really matter or make sense. But at the end of the day, if I look back on that time, or when I look back on that time, I, whenever I went through things, I was not coping to the level, I was not coping with my emotions to the level that I was capable of, and I knew it. I knew that in my heart of hearts that Dustin was a fucking 10, that he was a catch. And that I felt so insecure by that, Cause I felt like going into the relationship that I was the reacher and he was the catch. Mm. And so I positioned myself not on his level. And so every little thing that he would critique or give feedback on, I received as an attack and I wasn't able to receive feedback or communicate clearly with him in our relationship because I internalized everything. And I took any amount of feedback that he gave on how he would like to be loved or how he would like things to work in our relationship. And I would take it as an attack. Uh-huh. So I was not open and receptive to criticism because I was already so insecure in my relationship with him because I was like, well, he's so hot and he had a ton of money in the bank. And I was like, oh my God, he's got a great career. He has money. He paid cash for his car. Um, I was a single mom. 
when we started dating. I was a single mom with no college education, um, which I, at the time was super insecure. We started dating when I was 23 and he had been single for five years. And so he was like a perpetual dater, but he had never dated anyone seriously. And so I assumed that like he had commitment issues or he's never going to marry me or whatever. And, and I had all these insecurities about him because I'd put him on this pedestal. And what I did is exactly what you said. We had one really big breakup fight where I thought we were, it was going to be over. Um, I kicked him out or I told him I was going to leave. I don't remember which one I was like, get, we're done. Yeah. And I said to myself, I just found like Louise Hayes, you can heal your life. Yes. Book. And that was my first intro to self-help. And it was around the time that Dustin and I were fighting. And I said, if Dustin's a 10, who do I need to become to keep a guy like him? Mm-hmm. That a guy like him would want to pro- not just live with me and date me, but propose to me. Mm-hmm. Like, who do I need to become to be with a caliber of man like that long-term? Because I can sit here and feel insecure and inferior all day long, like, and bitch at him for not telling me I'm good enough or validating me all the time. Because yeah. I was feeling so insecure. I was seeking like, well, why aren't you validating me? Am I not good enough? Or am I like, not this enough for you? Or am I not that enough for you? And instead of saying like, oh, stop picking on me or you're being me or you're critiquing me or you don't love me, I put my foot down for myself. And I said, who do I need to become to keep a guy like this? So, because when you initially date someone, your attraction, your chemical chemistry, it's, it's different factors or your good conversation or, you know, it's like, but when you move in together and shit starts to get real. And you start talking about like marriage and kids and everything else and houses. And it was clear that we were not a match once we like our financial values were different Our like, it was just different and our priorities were different on a lot of different things. And I, for the first six months, I just felt like shit. I felt like, oh, he's too good for me. I can't keep him. I just needed to like bitch at him all the time to get him to validate me more. And I was like, well, wait, instead of just bitching all the time, it wasn't about changing myself. It was about the stuff I already knew better. And I was Uh like, I need to step up my game in life. I need to believe in myself a little bit more, but he believing in me and believing that I was the prize and believing that I was not just in my potential, but just loving me wholly where I was and all my flaws gave me permission to step into that version of me. But I had to look inwardly at myself first, instead of asking him to validate me 24 seven, why don't I become someone that I'm proud of? And I don't need his validation. I love that. Cause it's like, when people are like, you're my other half, I can't live without you. Like that's when, when issues arise. It's like, no, you need to be whole and love yourself to then have this relationship. Cause for like, for me, I deep down subconsciously didn't feel worthy of his love because I was holding on to guilt and shit from my past unhealed things. And like you said, like I had to learn how to forgive myself, how to let go of these things, heal from it to then find true deeper self-love and self-worth that I was worth having a man that way. And then being able to be whole and complete and love myself to then match him versus relying on him to make me feel worthy. So I love that. I love that you shared that story. Well, I think what you just said too, I think 
what women do is we will often leave relationships and you've probably seen this with girlfriends or yourself. We will leave or not date or give a chance to really good men because we don't believe yeah. we're worthy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, that wouldn't work. No. And like, what can we do to like stop ourselves in that moment? Like yeah. what's a mindfulness practice that we can do when we're like actively trying to self-sabotage? I think it's talking to that part of you that why do you think you're not worthy? What are they feeling? What are they thinking? What are the reasons? And I really like to do like reparenting self-love, like in looking at yourself as that little child that is telling her all herself all these mean, mean things that she's not worthy, but then looking at her as this adult version of you, how can you reparent her, re-nurture her that and tell her it's safe and that you are worthy of this. And, you know, I think worthiness is one of the things many people struggle with. Like you're worthy of having success and love and all this and building that self-love and looking at yourself in the mirror. And I think I relate this to inner child because the wounds typically stem from childhood. It's how can you nurture that part of you that feels really activated right now that doesn't feel safe having what it is you desire and the love. And when you can just connect and talk to that part and just acknowledge what they're feeling, then just give her words of encouragement. It kind of eases those, those thoughts that are going through the mind and not letting your thoughts control you and letting yourself kind of just like believe you're worthy of that love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know like I've seen it so many times. Oh, well, like I could never keep a guy like that. Oh, well he wouldn't want to date me or a guy like that would want to date me or you know what I mean? It's like we, okay, well, what kind of woman does a man like that want to date? And do you want Mm -hmm. to even become that woman? Like sometimes it's like, you don't have to change yourself. It's about aligning with the values and becoming the person you know you are meant to be. Yeah. So I think that's a thing. People are like, oh, I need to change everything about me. And that's not true, right? No, it's owning who you truly are and seeing the amazing qualities that you have. It's not, it's not um, egotistical to love yourself. You need to love yourself so that you can teach other people how to truly love you and so you can receive their love. But if you don't truly love yourself, you will never be able to receive love fully. And I wholeheartedly believe that because I didn't fully love myself and that's why I was never enough. And I would always put myself down. Yeah. Oh my gosh, and so good. like I said, like your words create your reality. So if you keep saying there's no met good, good men or women out there, I'm not good enough for that. You're going to continue to attract situations and people that are going to validate those thoughts. And that's where that's going deeper with your, your healing work and release work comes into play. I mean, just like, when you get a car and I say this all the time, when, when I got a Honda pilot, I'd never paid attention to how many Honda pilots are on the road. Yeah. When you are looking for it, you will find it. So if you are looking for reasons of why you aren't good enough or why this isn't going to work or that wouldn't work, you're going to find it just like when you get your new car and all of a sudden now I drive this car, then you see them every five seconds on the road. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I had no idea there were that many Honda Pilots on the road because hmm. I wasn't looking for it before. Yeah, but if you so stop actually looking for the reasons, yeah, or look for the good things, like yeah, was, actively for evidence. That's what helped us in our relationship because there was a point where I was constantly focused on like what's going wrong, we're not connecting, like the issues, why you annoy me, and it's like what you focus on expands. So instead, mm-hmm. I decided, okay, what can I focus on that's good? What do I love? And like 
that exercise alone, I would write it down. I wrote everything I loved about him. And, and it just allowed me to appreciate him and just focus on the good and the good got better because that's where my attention was going. I love that. Oh my God. That's such a good exercise. Um, yeah, I do that in my personal life, not necessarily with my relationships, all the things I love about my husband. I do like the things I love, like just gratitude, things I love about my life. And then like more of that expands. Um, so good. Okay. So this has been awesome. I think what I want to direct people to is I know you're going to have a guide for us in the show notes. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that guide? Yeah. So it's a guide that I created. It's called radiate through a breakup. It's really a healing guide. Even if your breakup was months ago or you're going through some type of grief, the main thing to have what it is you desire in life is to heal the wounds of the past. So you're not bringing in your past baggage into the future. And so in this guide, I just share with you a few tips, um, things that are related to breakups if you're healing through one, and also tips on just healing in general, even if it's things that have been done years prior and um, giving you some resources and tools and steps to really heal. I don't feel like people talk about healing enough. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really hope this guide gives you just a beginning starter to your path of healing so that you can really embrace who you truly are and feel whole so then that you can have whatever it is you desire in life. I'm sending it to some friends right now. <laughs> I know who I'm sending it to. <laughs> so thank you so much, Tatiana, for being here. Where can they find you? Yeah. So I hang out mainly on TikTok and Instagram at Tatiana underscore Kuto. And I do have a podcast C-O-U-T-O. myself. C-O-U-T-O. Yes. C-O-U-T-O. And then my mm-hmm. podcast is called The Radiant Life. And I talk all things mindset, manifestation, relationships, and just ways to help you embrace who you truly are so you can live your most radiant life. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I love you, Tatiana. You're amazing. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with someone who you think might need to hear this message and tag us on Instagram. We would love to hear from you guys. I love you and I will slay you again later. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You guys, please remember to go download all of the new episodes all at once. And once you have done that, fill out the form in the link in our show notes, and we are going to send you a little sleigh goodie bag. That's right, for free. The first 100 people to leave a review and download all these episodes is going to get a pop socket and a little gift from me, a little surprise. I can't tell you what it is yet. Shipped to you, everyone in the United States that does this, we are shipping it out for free. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you feel called and want an extra entry into a giveaway for a hundred dollar gift card, please tag us on social media and you can tag me at the Slay Coach and Jamie Jocelyn King and the Slay School. Either one will enter you into an hundred dollar Amazon gift card and we appreciate you so much for listening and I will slay you again later.